0: Edmonton tweeted after the game of after losing twenty two nothing. Well, the LL Cool J concert was cool. That was their capture <laughs> to their loss. So this is the MJ Sports Pod with your hosts Mike and Josh Vanderswag. We're talking headlines, breaking news, and all things sports. The show begins in three, two, one. Let's go. Come on into the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 17, almost at Episode 20. Probably would have been if we kept up to date on doing this pod. We'd probably be past 20 by now
1: but it would
0: probably be at 50 <laughs> probably at 50 yeah yeah if we were going on weekly we would be almost there um but it's good to be back on the show uh good feedback from the last show uh david our brother told me it was a great show i asked him if he left a rating he said no um so i guess the things i say at the end of this pod about leaving a rating and telling us how to make it better just don't apply to some people <laughs> but that's okay we still love you david <laughs> Um since our last uh, podcast the Denver Nuggets have won the NBA title the Vegas Golden Knights have won the Stanley Cup um one I'm okay with the other one whatever is what it is and uh alas the Vegas Golden Knights somehow win Eichel wins Stanley Cup leads the playoffs in points uh Jonathan Marchessault gets the all uh, the the Calder the Conn Smythe um and that's that's one trophy that we talked about there. I think I had said Barbashev over Marcia Show and you had said Marsha Show, so um yeah, Florida just was banged up, man. I, I guess Kachuk was playing the broken sternum. Um
1: Eckblad is wrecked. <laughs> yeah. To put it lightly. I, I saw an article saying he'll probably miss the first half of the regular season, like upcoming season,
0: like with all the stuff yeah. he with. So <laughs> And then news broke just before, was it just before the cup final that uh, Gabe Landeskog will probably miss all of next season now because of setbacks to his surgery. So uh, crazy stuff happening to superstars. Ekblad has been injury-plagued in the past, so it's not like a total surprise. But when you get to the end and they can finally release what these injuries are, I used to think that was stupid, but now I understand why they do it. Um, But when you get to the end, it's amazing. Like Paul Maurice is sitting there. He's like, oh, I probably had, like, Two shoulders, four collarbones—like uh, he just like lists off all the bones that were broken on his team. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see see what comes it, of it.
1: It's crazy because, like, as a person who's just watching, you're like, "Why would you do that?" But I mean, the Florida Panthers were also a special case. I think we talked about last podcast, like they were an injury, a major injury away from like catastrophic failure because they had nobody to play other than who was on the ice at the time. So, I mean, like, right. there's not really much option other than for them to play or play shorthanded, like, under, or not shorthanded, but undermanned, I guess. But, I mean, like, yeah. you see what, like, Ekblad, for instance, like, puts his body through all that, and he's not going to play for the first half of the next year. Like, <laughs> is it worth it at that point, or is it not? Like,
0: <laughs> Probably won their first game, Josh, ever in the cup final, so I think it's worth it. True. Um, True. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And then everyone came out and said the Vegas was uh, kind of just like rolling through because they there's no cap in the playoffs, right? Once yeah. you get to the playoffs, you can put whatever. So they were $10 million over what the NHL's regular season cap would be. So everyone's like, oh, they're cheaters. And it was Oilers fans saying that. And everyone's like, well, and then these guys are like, well, no, the Oilers called up like their whole farm team. They were all up to it. Yeah. They just didn't all play. Um, yeah. So is what it is we will dive into the nhl we got coaching things to talk about free agency we'll dissect a little bit more of the stanley cup final and where those teams go from here um because usually after a championship both the winning and losing teams look different in different ways just kind of how it rolls in the cap era but uh, we'll break that down we're going to start with some cfl on the other side of the break so stay tuned on the mj sports pod Welcome back to season one, episode 17 of the MJ sports pod uh, CFL week two is already done, um, which is hard to believe. Like we wait all this time and now we're like, I don't know, a ninth of the way through the season. Um, and it's hard to, hard to think about that already, but um, week two, way better than week one. And uh, week one still felt like training camp. It didn't even feel like the regular season. I mean, I was the Riders. It barely beat the Elks, thank goodness we didn't lose that game, but <laughs> it was so frustrating to watch like Harris debut interceptions interceptions thrown from his own five, just bad games game week two, they lose to Winnipeg, but he throws for four hundred and twenty eight passing yards against that bomber defense like that that is at one point he had three incompletions in the third quarter, like for the whole game up till that point. And it's just like, and they're not like, they're not all like three yard passes. Like, there's a few deep bombs in that, that game. Um, that one was going shot for shot. I will be excited when Schaefer Baker, um, Lennius, and like Moncrief, all those guys, when they're back in to play, um, as well as Durrell Walker wasn't playing in that game. And he had a pretty good game in week one. And then on the other side for Winnipeg, Kenny Lawler hasn't played yet. Jeff Coates out like they're I hope they're all ready for Labor Day, like for both sides because I'd love to see best on best for both teams and see how it matches up, um but did you get to see any week two what you thought of some of those games? Some of them were actually quite something
1: yeah, I watched uh little bits and pieces here and there, um what was the uh the Toronto game, I think is the one I watched the most of,
0: mm-hmm. um Battle of Ontario. Well, the, I, Hamilton. Yeah, I
1: guess. I think that was the one I watched the most of, and I don't know. You can still see, Bo like, oh, Levi Mitchell gets injured and he's out for this next game. Well, yeah, quote unquote out. He's dressed as a backup, but yeah. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna play. So what a messed I mean, up situation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's. You can still definitely see, like, he's still trying to find his groove in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, like try and figure out how things are rolling there and build up some chemistry with some of his receivers and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no, was, from what I saw from the different parts of the games and stuff, it was a good week for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I think like you look at the, um, I, I watched obviously all the Rider game and then bits and pieces of the others, but the Rider defense just got gassed by the end. Like they just couldn't outlast them. And so Winnipeg punched in two late TDs. It looks really bad, right? Like 45-27 is not a score you're going to brag about, but I'm like, man, that's, they played well. That was the best Ryder game I've seen against Winnipeg in some time. We've lost eight in a row to them, so you got to pick and choose. I've been to most of them, um, and it is what it is. But they... Did
1: Trevor Harris play?
0: Trevor Harris played, yep. Yeah, well, all think... that talk about not playing, and he throws for 428 passing yards, and and then we got to talk about Samuel M. Emlis um three touchdowns like every time he threw the end zone that was who caught the ball and it wasn't just like he was looking for him he was always open so you have some of these guys that are seizing the moment cuz Tavon Jones was another one um with all these other receivers out and when they come back in it's going to be a tough decision for the coach right who who plays because they're making a name for themselves the one thing the riders have to f- figure out is how to get this run game activated um I would argue they've played the two toughest defenses in the league right now with Chris Jones and Winnipeg, like back-to-back. Um, we'll see what they do against Calgary this week because I don't think Calgary's defense is as strong as it used to be. Um, but it is what it is. Um, and BC, man, they came out in their home opener. Um, Edmonton tweeted after the game, of after losing 22 nothing. well, the LL Cool J concert was cool. That was their capture (laughs) to their loss. So (laughs) that's that's how it rolls for them, I guess. Edmonton's in trouble, man. Like that used to be the storied franchise of this league, and they are bad. They are very bad. Like something is terribly wrong there. Um, It won't. if, If it continues, I'd say I'd give them three more games. If it's the same way, those fans will want Chris Jones out of there, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Yeah, but which other fan bases that have had Chris Jones will be like? Huh. So, um, it is what it is. I, I feel for the fans there because I've been a fan of Oh, and nine rough riders halfway through the year, wondering if we're going to win a game at all. Um, like I, I've watched teams like that, that of my own, you know, preferences. So it's frustrating to watch. Um, if you were in section, I think it's P you get free tickets to watch them play Toronto next. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, and there's another team that came out storming, man. Like you talked about Hamilton, they, they played, but just not enough. Like it just wasn't enough. And Matthew Schultz came in and finished the game and led some good drives. I, like I don't, he's not as smooth and fluid as Mitchell, of course, but scoring points. So what else? And Butler, man, he's found a home, I think, in Hamilton if he can stay healthy. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's going to be what it's going to be. Um. Calgary wins, beats Ottawa. There's another team that needs some help. Uh, they think Mazzoli might be back for this next game. I think they're on the bye this week, and then he might be back next week if all goes well. Um, but man, they got to get some people to catch the ball in uh, like on a regular basis. <laughs> they need some consistency, man. Arbuckle only played half the game.
1: Yeah, well, I remember when uh, Ottawa had Trevor Harris, and they had like Greg Ellingson, they had uh, Acklin. Uh, mm-hmm. Who else? Did they have Eugene Lewis at one point or not? No. They uh, used to Montreal.
0: Well, they, they used to have. Um, oh, what was his name?
1: They had one other, like. Big super name. Super good receiver there.
0: Oh, uh, Rhymes so was. was like, Rhymes was in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, Rhymes. There was one other guy, too, I think. But they had, like, a pretty set receiving core and Trevor Harris, like, there, and it seemed. Work really well
0: now they're all gone. <laughs> oh, Deontay Spencer was the other one. He's in the NFL now. Oh
1: yeah,
0: yeah, he's in the NFL now. yeah, um, so. yeah it's it's uh, it's interesting, right? Like it, it, that team with Burris. I mean, we saw him tell TSN he's turned around four teams in this league, but he he led those guys to a great Cup, right? And he was like ten minutes from not playing. That like they're about to throw Harrison in, and they're like, No, we gave him a shot in his ankle, he'll be good. <laughs> and then he, they win, like, they won in overtime. Um, Trevor Harris has two great cup rings, and they're both against Calgary, but he played for different teams. Um, so he's got their number, I guess. One team he didn't, him and Claros won the great cup in 2012. It was Ricky Ray, Jarius Jackson, Trevor Harris, Dak Claros in the quarterbacks' room. Um, Claros stayed there, um, and then Claros left. And bounced around, and he's won two with Winnipeg, so he has three, and Harris has two. So it was also fun to watch them go head to head this past week, because um, they've been they've kind of league the same year, and they've gone shot for shot with each other. So um it is what it is. But we look ahead to this week. Winnipeg two and zero at home against two and zero BC Lions. That'll be a good game. BC mm. is actually quite impressive. I, I mean, people are like oh, they beat they beat Calgary that is a different team at Edmonton, whatever, but they're winning. So you don't care how they come. I don't think at that point for a team that everyone thought would take a step back, they've done really well. Um, I agree. And then you have Montreal and Hamilton. Fajardo is one and O baby. One and O. Um, (laughs) Hamilton will play Matthew Schultz at quarterback. We said that instead of putting, like, I don't know if this is a, if you can't do this, but like, Mitchell's gonna dress even though he's hurt in case he has to go in and and I just yeah. don't why don't can you not put him on the one game injured list sign a guy for a week or I don't know what the rules are on that, but like in other in other sports you can do that um so I'm well, not sure you
1: can, couldn't, couldn't you sign a guy technically like to a practice roster and activate him and then put him back on kind of thing like
0: well, that's what I mean yeah, like you could do that sure. way too it's so I'm not sure what I don't know, whatever. Steinhauer is there and he seems to maybe know what he's doing, so um Nate won't like that. Sorry, Nate.
1: Sorry, <laughs> that's just my thoughts
0: on that. Um and then we have Sask and Calgary. Saskatchewan's gonna be buzzing, man. They don't want to lose again, and Calgary's Calgary's look okay. Not the dominant stamps we know of old. Um but it is what it is. And then the final game is Toronto at um, Commonwealth Stadium, take on the Elks. So um, if we look at that, so if we, if we look at these games, the CFL writers are very heavily favoring Winnipeg at home. Um, it's kind of where I'm leaning to if I have to pick. We're going to do some pickums here later on, but um, Montreal-Hamilton... That's a toss up for me. I think Montreal might take it just simply based on Hamilton, how they've played so far. Uh, and Montreal has Williams stand back. But if Butler comes to play, then that's a 50 50 game. Sask, Calgary, my heart says Sask. My brain also says Sask. If they come off a loss like that with a veteran like Trevor Harris, he's not going to let them play that way again. And Saskatchewan is very emphasizing, very much emphasizing the. 24-hour um, rule, which is a new thing to me. Um, after a game, they give themselves 24 hours to unpack it, and then they leave it alone. They don't touch it again. Um, I know Trevor Harris, I believe, has a mental um, coach, like a, a mental mindset <laughs> type coach, and it's obviously paid dividends to him because he has an ability to forget losses and forget bad games and move on. Um, so I'm hoping that rubs off on the team because that's what sunk us last year just like just got in this mire of like losing and it it sucks losing is never fun and then toronto's in edmonton man and i think i mean edmonton came close against sask but i think uh, edmonton just gotta score points man and i know that's easy to say when they come off a 22 nothing it's like well duh but they just got to put the ball in the end zone they have they have scored 14 points in two games that's equivalent of two touchdowns um and it actually only works out to one touchdown because the others were field goals, right? So is what it is. Um Taylor Cornelius is he gonna play. I don't know, that's gonna be the story all week. They don't play till Sunday, I believe. So it's gonna be a long week for them. Um Chad Kelly will play. We know that. Ulett um, Harris splitting the running back duties. They showed their split stats the other day. Unreal. Um, but it's it's crazy. So um we'll leave it at that for now we're going to take a quick break on the other side of the break we're going to do um some nhl talk and then we'll do some cfl pick at the end of the show uh, so stay tuned right here on the mj sports pod welcome back to the mj sports Pod, season one episode 17. So we've talked a little CFL, Josh. We talked at the beginning of the show when we kind of did our off the top segment there, whatever we call that. Um, we talked a little bit Stanley Cup Finals, but to just wrap that story up, so Vegas wins the Stanley Cup. They beat Fi- Florida. I almost said Philadelphia. That would have been a miracle. They beat Florida <laughs> in five games. Um, what do you think was the difference? Like how how does Vegas win four? And Florida win one when both were actually torching other teams.
1: Uh, I think it just comes down to injuries, honestly, for Florida. Um, Like, with the, uh, what they said at the end, like all the injuries that came out, like, you see, like, we kind of talked about it, but like, Ekblad, and then like, uh, Kachuk, and I mean, there's probably a bunch of other ones that I can't even name, but like, I mean, yes, Vegas had some injuries too, but I think I think Vegas is just a lot deeper, honestly, than yeah. Florida. And I think I mean Florida still ran through a bunch of, like swept Carolina, beat the least, beat Boston, like mm-hmm. the best team in the NHL. Like you can't really downplay what they did, but I think it just came down to health at that point in the season. Or the yeah. series, I guess, like or the playoffs, like they'd already gone through three rounds and it was just like another round there. Like uh, I think it just came down to depth, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think um, Vegas wasn't going to be stopped. Okay. So when they're down three, one to Boston, the the Panthers that is, um, and they come back, they're down three, one to Vegas. Everyone's like, Oh, could this happen? And you're just like, no, I, I don't, <laughs> it's not the, <laughs> Vegas is a different team. Um, yeah. And it just it just rolled that way, but Vegas just kept coming. Every line contributes in that team, right? Um, and for the second straight year, being Oilers fans, we lost to the champs. So where does that put us? I don't know. We lost to one of them in the second round and one of them in the third round. Um, I guess the other way around, right? We lost last, round three last time, but um, yeah, we're Florida. Like what a run, though! Like you can't discount what they did as Eastern champs. They they rolled over. Some amazing teams. Um, they eliminated to- two of the top three teams in the East on their way to uh, to the final. Um, like I said, last episode, they did Canada a favor, took Toronto out. <laughs> and once they got to the end, it was almost like the Oilers in round three last year, right? Once we beat Calgary, it was like, I really could care less. Like, I'd like to win the cup, but I, if we lose to Colorado, who cares at this point, right? That was kind of our cup. Yeah. So, But I think, yeah, I think... Like, Aiden Hill made some amazing saves in some of those games in the final. Um, and props to him, man. He came in at Edmonton, and everyone's like, okay, Oilers got this now. And he's like, not so fast. And he will shut the door. Um, the Dallas series was a little interesting, but he played really well.
1: Yeah, you, you got to wonder, though. Like, the Oilers were finding a way to beat Brassois quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder if he didn't get injured. Like, would we be having a different conversation? Like,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Honestly, yeah. but <laughs> I don't know. I like it... Aiden Hill? Like he said, props to him. Like comes in, everyone kind of writes them off almost immediately. The fact that he's coming in there, like, um, but he took it and led them all the way to the finals. And it's kind of, it is kind of funny. I saw something on Facebook or Twitter a while ago. It's like, uh, the Sharks when they traded Mika Kiprasov to the Calgary mm-hmm. Flames. For like a, a second, third round pick or something, and he led them to the finals. And then it's like they trade Aiden Hill away for third, fourth round pick, and he led Vegas to the finals. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. And
0: and I will say, Oilers fan here, but Calgary should have won that Stanley Cup. If you look in game, I think it's game five or game six, whatever one was in Calgary. There, I think it was game six. Um, Martin Gellner scores. But they don't review the put, don't review the play because it went off Happy Woolen's pad in the net. They don't review the play. The puck comes out. Um, Tampa Bay wins in overtime and then wins in Game Seven. And yeah. so I mean, you could argue that he actually led them right to the cup. No, like review changed after that. We had the lockout the next year. It was a weird thing, but but yeah, the the fact that both things happened and San Jose contributed both goalies to deep runs and Kiprasov... <laughs> Played How many seasons for the flames, right? Like it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a one hit wonder. He was there for a long time. Oh, um, yeah. and he, he made them good. Um, but that's kind of, yeah, it puts a bow on it. I mean, it all starts again in September with training camp and then we do it again. So it's hockey's <laughs> a fun game. Um, but, uh, let's transition here, Josh, a lot of, you see this all the time at the end of the season prior to draft, a lot of coaches changed. GM's changed, um, a lot of transitions. And uh, let's just go through a couple of these. So Calgary promotes their um, AHL coach who has led the Wranglers slash Heat, whatever they are, have been called, to some deep seasons. Um, and he's going to get his chance now at the NHL level. Uh, Huska is his name. I think is how you say his name, Huska, whatever. Um, he's going to get to lead them <laughs> now at the NHL level. Um, and then with that, we could also just say Craig Conroy promoted to GM. We talked a little bit about that, I think last show. Um, but, uh, thoughts on that, Josh thoughts on promoting the AHL coach, the Oilers did it, uh, it paid dividends already. Um, what do you think on, on Calgary moving this way?
1: Honestly, I think anything was an improvement over Sutter. I think, I don't know. It's just his style. I don't think it sounded like a lot of those players just didn't respond well to it. Right. Um, I think he just has the older style of coaching the way that he used, he did with LA and stuff. And I think sometimes it can work, but it kind of stopped working. Mm. And I think after tree leaving tree living left, like, I think there was, uh, like a lot of stuff that needed to change and they've kind of revamped that whole front office with, uh, Conroy and, uh, Oh, what's that guy? He used to be the GM. Oh, Uh, Nonus,
0: Nonus, sorry,
1: (laughs) Nonus, Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so they got Conroy, Nonus. They brought a Ginley in as like a
0: special advisor.
1: Which, I mean, how much say is he gonna have in things? I don't know, but like still to have that guy around the Flames organization, I think, is a big thing just for optics, if anything else. Yeah, and then kind of redoing the coaching stuff. Like I think they're moving in the right direction as far as like that because it's kind of been a crazy couple years for them so i think yeah kind of revamping the whole front office new coaching can kind of have a fresh start this season and or this year and kind of see where it can go well
0: they have a good talent on the ice they don't need to uh in my opinion change much of it um i mean there's a lot of rumors of guys on their way out like tsn has their trade bait board um and if you're a Jets fan, you don't want to look at that because I think three <laughs> of the top five are from Winnipeg. But it's um, it's the on-ice players are good. Iberto mm. is good. Cadre is good. It's just a matter of getting them to play a system together, I think, is yeah. what... And, I mean, we don't like the Flames. You and I don't like the Flames. Don't like to see them win. But Val-Alberta, Alberta is fun when both can win. You know, like yeah. this year, it felt like the Oilers I wouldn't say walked on them, but it like it wasn't as challenging as the previous year when we played them in the playoffs. I didn't find, um yeah, I agree, and it's just fun when both are good, and you know you watch a hockey Net in Canada game and Calgary wins, and you're just like angry like i I don't like to be angry, but I mean, like that's kind of a fun feeling when both can win, right, and they're good games, but yeah. if Calgary's just gonna not win, then I mean, I'll take the points, but it's not it's not <laughs> entertaining, right um yeah, for sure so yeah. We'll see see where that goes. The other thing you brought it up with again, a special advisor. So Philadelphia hires um, John McLeir, a former player, as a special advisor. I think they hired someone else as a special advisor. I think Patrick that's just Sharp. the reason. Yeah, Patrick Sharp, and I think that's just the reason. And Sharp, that's interesting because Chicago beat Philadelphia for the cup the one year, like they didn't like Patrick Sharp, right? And now, now he's there. But, like, I think it's, it just seems like a reason to give former players jobs in front of office because the Sedins were... That was their thing, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's whatever.
1: I'd be interested to see, like, what the special advisor role entails. Like, what they mm-hmm. actually do. Like, and if it is any... Like, I know it's more than optics, but I think a lot of it is the optics of it. Like, again, getting us yeah. back in Calgary. Like, that kind of thing. Like but yeah. they they obviously do something like <laughs> some sort of role because otherwise they wouldn't have a job. So,
0: <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, like when, when um, Oilers brought Gretzky into the entertainment group as their ambassador, like that was a huge deal. Like to me, I was like, whatever. But to the NHL, that's like, okay, Gretzky's backstopping this team and representing them. And he was the one phoning guys when they got drafted by Edmonton. Like you have... Reed Schaefer last draft. He's like, Oh, I was, I was Wayne Gretzky on the phone, right? Like and
1: yeah. now we've
0: traded him, so that's too bad. But it's <laughs> it's kind of cool, right? Like, and that was what he did. Now he doesn't do that anymore. Like he's on TNT or whatever with Biz Nasty and he just kind of <laughs> roasts Biz. But um yeah, so Calgary promotes their AHL coach. I honestly just hope they're better. I've said it and I'll say it again on this podcast the NHL is good when Canada's teams are doing well. Mm-hmm. Um So, um, and then you kind of have domino effect. Okay. So, um, Washington ends their ties with LaViolette. They sign Carberry who is assistant for Toronto and LaViolette then jumps to the New York Rangers where Gallant was let go. And I thought Gallant would end up in Calgary. He didn't, um, thoughts on Carberry. I think, you know, getting to lead a lead Ovi and that franchise is not a, Gift everyone gets and Laviolette to the Rangers. Are you, you have thoughts on those, those signings?
1: I think, uh, the Carberry one's interesting because honestly, I didn't really know who that who that was. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I, I don't know how many assistant coaches can you name in the NHL? Like, I, <laughs> so it's not surprising. I don't know, but like, also that OV Backstrom, whose net's off, like, Carlson kind of run is come kind of coming to an end. It's similar to Pittsburgh with like Malkin, Crosby, Letang. Like, yeah. It's kind of coming too near the end. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, like you, it's still an amazing opportunity to get to work with like Ovechkin and stuff. So be interesting to see that. And then I don't know. It's just like you see guys like Laviolette, like he gets let go. Like obviously he's going to end up somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. set a lot of success, success with Washington. So, I mean, yeah, and in his careers in general as coach. So, not like super surprising that he ends up somewhere pretty quick. The one that's really shocking to me is that Gallant hasn't found a job yet, honestly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Running out of time here, eh? Like running out of teams. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and maybe he got picked up as an assistant somewhere and promoted midway through the year. Like that, that we've seen that happen too, right? Where guys, they signed yeah. like associate coaches and halfway through it's like, okay, it didn't work. He's heading now. So that could happen but, too. You'll sign on somewhere. But
1: well, uh, there's another one that we didn't talk about off the podcast here. We were kind of going through them. But Travis Green, like former Vancouver coach, is now an assistant in New Jersey. Like, right. Yeah. Not, not that that's a situation where he's going to get promoted halfway through the year or whatever. But like sometimes they got to just get back behind the bench. And if it's an assistant, then it's an assistant, but
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think Carberry, I mean, Washington missed the playoffs like Pittsburgh. It was like the first year. Now. I don't know how many that both of them had missed, Um, Mm. but the um, like Carberry, I don't know that you can really go anywhere, but up with that team. You might prove us wrong. <laughs> but, but I doubt it. Um, but Laviolette, okay? So he was Carolina's coach when they beat Edmonton in 06. He led the Predators to the Cup Final. He led the Flyers to the Cup Final. Um, he's had crazy success. Yeah. One Stanley Cup to show for it all, but he's been there many times. Um, yeah. and for a Rangers team that underwhelmed. Like people had them going far in the playoffs and they were out like that. Um, and it is what it is. Like, pe- they didn't go as far as people had thought. And because I personally was hoping for either a Boston Carolina Eastern final or Boston Rangers, that was kind of what I was hoping to watch. And that yep. didn't happen. <laughs> I watched Florida sweep Carolina instead. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of interesting. Laviolette will we'll see. I, I don't foresee any problems there. That's another team that has a lot of players that. Can play together or should be able to play together, like Calgary. It's got to make a system work. So, um, yeah. Nashville quickly, uh, Andrew Brunette. Now, Andrew Brunette was up for the uh Jack Adams as Florida's coach last year with what he did with that team. Um, kind of intriguing, like that. He'll end up in Nashville there. Um, we'll see what he can do. Any thoughts on Brunette? He's kind of bounced around and been in talks many times when there's coaching vacancies.
1: Yeah, no, I think, I don't know. I think it's a good move, like, uh, or like, good new move for Nashville to pick him up as a head coach. Like, he proved last year that he could do it um, with Florida. Like, he, I mean, Joe Quenville kind of like started it and then all that stuff happened with Chicago. So he, they let him yeah. go and they just promoted Brunette. And everyone, I think people were kind of like, oh, I, like, I wonder how Florida, if they'll continue to do well. And obviously, like, he did. He did well with them. Like he got them the highest points or something. Like didn't they have like a crazy like set of record or something for the most points in the NHL season and stuff? Well, like,
0: yeah, they're Presidents Trophy winners and everything. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, and Quenville like, was only let go like early on. Like it's not like Quenville had all these wins and then Brunette took over.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Like he, he definitely he was coached for over half of the season. Like probably two thirds of it. So. I mean, yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a good move for Nashville. It's a, kind of a new coach, like new to the head coaching role, I should say. Like he just kind of had one shot so far and then was an assistant. So to get another shot, I think it's well-deserved.
0: Well, let's, let's stick with Nashville for a sec. Barry Trotts now will be the GM there, which is so funny because one year ago there was so much talk of him being the Jets head coach and now he's going to be the GM of the Preds. Only so the Preds have been around since 2000. He's only the second GM in their history. David Poyle is retiring like that. That's insane. To, that's like 20, that's a quarter of a century as GM of the yeah. Predators. Um, yeah. and Barry Trots, we'll see what he can do. I, I mean, he's not a not a stranger to Nashville. He was there for like him and Poyle were the guys for I think the first 11 seasons or 12. Like it was all Trots was there for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And so just putting him upstairs is like still an original face, which is kind of cool. Um, and I wish him success. I like Barry trots. Um, we'll quickly jump to Anaheim here, Josh. And, uh, Greg Cronin is, a, is signed there. I personally like some of these, we don't know tons about him. Um, another team that should only have an upward trajectory, but they weren't bad enough for Bedard, <laughs> but they, uh, they will get a new head coach and we'll see if he can do better than Eakins. I, I don't know what to make of that because now there's rumors that John Gibson has formally asked for a trade and wants out. So I don't know what, there's a lot of mess there to be sorted out, but the forward group in that team is unreal. Can you yeah, surround them with, surround them with other players?
1: Yeah. And I mean, by projection, they're going to also add Fantilli to that roster. So, right. I mean, it, it only gets better with, with that but yeah no I was gonna I was gonna mention like like all these head coaches and everything but like the teams I think a lot of teams are gonna look very different come September there's yeah. a lot of people wanting out of places like we mentioned Winnipeg like <laughs> <gotta> <laughs> oh,
0: open the door and, you know, march through yeah, the door
1: pretty much like there's Shifley Hellebuck, uh Dubois um I heard today that there's uh like swirling around that they might buy a Blake Wheeler. Like, there's going to be a lot of change going on there. And I mean, when you're moving guys like Shifley, Hellebuck, not so much Dubois, but those Shifley and Hellebuck will bring back good returns. So I mean, it's not like, not like you're going into a full rebuild and you're just like suing the team by trading them. Like you're going to get some good good assets back for moving those guys. Yeah, Dubois. Like I don't know. I it's very interesting. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade for him if I was a GM. Like the fact that he's I would never want him on my team. Plays. Yeah, yeah. He's wanted out of. He's a talented guy, but he's wanted out of two different teams in the span of like two and a half, three years. So like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, it's... I don't
1: know where. I don't know where he wants to play,
0: mm-hmm. but <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's it's interesting and. Um we'll get we'll get to some of those movings in a second here. I just want to highlight one last coach here. And last episode I said this as a joke. Take a listen to this. I'm sure we haven't heard the end of Mike Babcock somewhere. His name always seems to surface every time there's a coaching opening. So I said that as a joke, Josh, and then like a couple days after the episode went online, um I got these notifications <laughs> that Mike Babcock is expected to sign with Columbus at the end of June when his contract expires. I've and I totally just meant that as a joke. And when I saw that on my phone, I was like, You've got to be kidding me. Um, so line A, Goudreau, all those. Um, again, not bad enough for Bedard. Maybe the maybe the goalie of the year in Columbus, Jonathan Quick, will go back and play for Babcock. We don't know. Um, but. <laughs> to me that's just such an interesting like I don't know if I would ever pick him to go there but I guess they want something to change so any thoughts on that like there's so much we could say about Babcock
1: Yeah I mean he's another successful coach he's ha- he had some issues we'll say that in Toronto is the reason he got let go but like um it is interesting because we haven't really mentioned I don't think we mentioned this yet cuz it's lots of stuff happened like as soon as we finished our recordings of the last Mm -hmm. podcast but Columbus goes out and they get uh they trade with Philadelphia and New Jersey and they bring in Severson and uh Proveroff like basically uh your top pairing or your second pairing defense like one left shot one right shot guy and I (laughs) I heard it somewhere it's just like there's all that stuff with Provorov and the Pride Knight, and then you bring in uh-huh. Babcock, who's had all these issues, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like they're bringing in these like <laughs> this chaotic stuff to their organization <laughs> at the same time, but like, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if how it works, but I mean, Columbus. It might distract his, them.
0: It might distract them, the fans from the off-ice uh, failures. To be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, <laughs> Columbus. Columbus wasn't sitting around waiting for things to happen either. Like they needed to improve their blue line. They went out and did it in a matter of two days. Like
0: and good on really them.
1: improved it in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And good on them to Sorry? to do that. Good on them because the other teams were just like, they oh, yeah. still are sitting back. Um, But Babcock nonetheless yeah. on his way there. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple GM things. We had talked about uh tree living and, dubas last time and they have both la- both landed new homes and um I want to talk a little bit about jason spezza and then we will start talking about some of these players that want out we'll preview a bit of free agent frenzy um but we'll be right back on the mj sports pod <music> Alright, welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod season one, episode seventeen. We've talked a lot at CFL, we've talked a lot about coaching changes, some GM changes. Um and Josh, we talked Tree Living's in Toronto now. Um he's starting his starting his way. A lot of rumors if Keith will be there or not uh going forward or extension. Um lots of leafs are on the bubble, right, as to whether they'll leave or not. Dubas ends up in Pittsburgh after it is Toronto or bust. <laughs> um so that's my that's guess, my favorite. <laughs> I guess there was a third option there but yeah. um but we kind of highlighted that on the last episode. But what I want to say is um Jason Spezza signs his resignation is submitted as Dubas is let go. Okay? Um and then all of a sudden he's hired in Pittsburgh as the assistant GM. Um, but the the kicker is there is no GM. Usually, you get the GM assigned, uh, assigned, and then you assign an assistant after that. But there is no GM, and so I find that very, very intriguing. Um, there's a lot we could say about that. Spetsa is, I don't know, like, is he good? I I don't know. We've never seen him as the as the guy, and he still won't be. He'll be assistant here, but, um. Yeah, I think I think that's just kind of... I just wanted to tie that on there because it was just an interesting thing that he was signed as the assistant GM <laughs> to a team that doesn't have a GM. Dubas will be GM at the draft table. Um, tree Living can't because of some restriction with Calgary uh, that they've imposed, but it is whatever. Uh, the draft will go at the end of this month. So we're getting close to it here. Um, but we want to talk about players that are um, on their way out or it so appears that they're on their way out um, you already mentioned there Josh Shifley, Dubois Hellebach you know you say who um, but when we think about these players um, Hellebach there's a lot of a lot of talk about him coming to um, well I've read New Jersey I personally think L.A. will be a team that will pursue him hard. Um, I don't know who, who wouldn't want Shifley. There's a lot of things we could say um, about these guys. Um, so I think those are some of the players. Um, it's expected the Oilers will buy out Kyler Yamamoto if they can't find a trade partner here in a couple of days by, by Friday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, if... Um, Yeah, I mean, there's so many free agents that are going to be there that the Oilers, I'm like, you got to go get them. But we have no cap space. So the Oilers looking looking in the bargain bin again. It's like Dollarama, right? You're trying to find a diamond in the rough. Um, Ken Holland's basically shopping at the Dollarama of the NHL, trying to find deals that he can take home for a dollar or less. And uh, after that, We're gonna see what what he comes out with and what his team looks like. Um though leaving Winnipeg, that's gonna be a big like he is the team. Sorry, he is the team. Uh Dubois wants out, obviously. Um James Reimer is done in San Jose. Um Thomas Grice is done in Saint Louis. These are guys that like just James Reimer does James Reimer go home and play in Winnipeg? That's a question, right? Does James Reimer go home? He is from down the road here where I live. He was born in Arburg. He's down the road in Marwina. Does he come home to play for the Winnipeg Jets next season? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, because now all, if, if Hellebuck leaves, they just have Big Save Dave or Big Civ Dave as we call him. But does James Reimer go to the winnipeg jets that's an interesting thought to think about um who knows i know a lot of people in this area buy season tickets then but it's uh it's an interesting thing to to ponder um but you know we're going to take a quick break here and we're going to come back we're going to do um wrap up the nhl talk do our picks for the cfl week and uh performers of the week because we haven't done that for a long time and then we will wrap up the show that way right here on the MJ sports pod. Welcome back to the MJ sports pod season one, episode 17, um, getting close to the end of the show here, Josh, but, uh, just to kind of put a bow on that NHL talk that we just <laughs> went through, um, one other interesting dynamic to me is Evan Bouchard in Edmonton. We watch him. Fun fact, Evan Bouchard finished the NHL playoffs as the leading defenseman in points, and Dreisaitl finished the playoffs tied for most goals. Uh, both of them only played half the playoffs. But that's an <laughs> aside. <laughs> um, Evan Bouchard, though, this is what they're rumoring that they're going to, you know, give him a one-year deal. at I think they said around $3 million or something. And then next year they will, when they have some more cap space, they will pay him, you know, that's kind of what, what's expected. Um, they think they're going to buy him out Bouchard. They're going to extend him. But the thing is Edmonton wants Bouchard, you know, on a one-year deal to bridge the gap, so to speak, till next year. But what stops another team from putting an offer sheet forward on that guy and making Edmonton try and match it? Yeah, (laughs) it's, that's the yeah. only thing that would be a wrench in their plan, right?
1: Yeah, and we don't see many offer sheets. I think the last one would have been uh, Kotkaniemi. Yep. Out of Montreal. Um, but yeah, you just don't see it very often.
0: Yeah. Kotkaniemi and Dustin Penner to Edmonton are the only two successful ones. You've seen a few that have been matched. Jay Weber, <laughs> that's why he's still getting paid. Uh, that was ridiculous offer sheet. I feel like there was another one that was kind of outlandish that is still being paid out, but um, yeah, it's it's how it rolls. Um, but it's just that's just a thought to me. But um, do you have anything to add to that or top free agents you want to kind of highlight prior to the free agent frenzy?
1: No, I just pulled up the uh tap friendly page of top 50 free agents here, uh, or top free agents. There's 500 or something players they have on this list, so obviously not go through all of them, but uh, top. Top 10, uh, 1 to 10 is Patrick Kane, uh, Jonathan Taves, Oliver Ekman-Larsen, Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, John Klingberg, James Van Riemsdyk, Max Pacioretty, Alex DeBrinket, and Timo Meyer. Um, and our boy Oscar Clefbaum gets on that list at number 29, which I find is funny because he's obviously not ever going to play again, but he still yeah. managed to crack into the top 50, so... Um, a lot of interesting names, and I think it'll be a lot of interesting signings, uh, uh-huh. money wise, just because so many lots of those guys aren't going to go to like they're want going to play on a contender or nothing else. Because a lot of those top 10 guys I mentioned are above 30, like some of them 33, 34, kind of late last couple of years of their career, probably. So, right, it'd be interesting. To see like guys like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and stuff too, who have been making 10 million in the last eight years or whatever, like who knows who mm-hmm. like, would Jonathan Taves sign somewhere if his health first like holds up, like somewhere like he's been linked to Edmontons, so let's just say that. Like, would he sign a one year one million plus performance bonuses type deal? Um, then you got Max Pacioretty as well. Like, would he sign somewhere like that? Like one or two years at a low cap hit um if he decides to play again he's also he had a torn Achilles I think it was played mm-hmm. five games toward again so I mean does he play again or is he kind of calling it quits and I just think yep. it'll be very interesting this off season with the free agency and how it's all going to work because any contender is like super close to the cap and then Oliver ekman Larson's interesting too because because of the buyout and there's a few buyouts that have been happening so far, and Blake Wheeler's mentioned to be a rumor to be bought out soon as
0: well. So, mm-hmm. well, Winnipeg's going to clean the house, I think. Um, I watched um Frankie Cor- Corredo, Corrado, however, you say his name, he's on with uh, with Jay on on uh, SC with Jay on I guess. Um, and they were talking about the Western Canadian teams, what one one thing each team needs to do uh, in the off season. Now that we're kind of into that window um, and Winnipeg's was simply find a direction. It's like, <laughs> holy, that's uh, and like Edmonton was like, add another depth forward. They said, Ken Holland's been good at doing that with no cap money. Like every year he seems to like Bukestad was that guy this year that he found at the bottom. And like, and and it's, it's interesting though, but I just thought like Winnipeg direction and you hear all these guys want out and, um, Calgary's going to look a lot different too, but yeah, some of those bigger names, you got to wonder, uh, do they play again? If they, if their health per- allows and cause they're all going to have past physicals and those things. Right. But, uh, what do you do after that?
1: Yeah. Calgary, I think Calgary and Winnipeg are two, like the two Canadian teams that are going to look the most different because hmm. Calgary Lindholm, uh, Anna Finn backland, um, And now Tyler Toffoli, too. Like, that's four of their bigger names are rumored to just be on their way out. They don't want to resign. So, I think all those guys have one year left or less. Like, I think Toffoli has one year left. I think does Hannafin or is he a free agent? I can't remember. But, like, lots of these guys, like, it's going to probably become trade more than like they're just walking for nothing. But, yeah. And Winnipeg is going to look a lot different, too. I think Winnipeg. Gets a higher return for the assets they're like shipping out than as opposed to Calgary, but you never know.
0: <laughs> and I mean, these guys are paid to play hockey, like it's also a business, but you got to wonder though, like if the return isn't what the GM wants, is he just going to make them play in Winnipeg? Like, I think of Hellebach, right? Like, he's been very clear if you guys are stripping this down, I want out, like, I don't want to be yeah. here in the long haul. So, if Shevel Dayoff can't find good return, I don't think he'll have trouble doing that, but if he couldn't. Does he say no hellebuck, you're playing here, and then hellebuck's disgruntled all year? Because that then that brews another problem. Yeah. The thing I think that's gonna hold up Hellebuck is himself,
1: and the mm-hmm. fact that I've seen on insider trading that he his extension, he his camp is looking for Vasilevsky type money, which is like mm-hmm. nine million plus. And I think a lot of teams that would trade for him are not gonna be willing to sign him to that. Like they were no. talking about the Devils, and the Devils aren't gonna want to pay him. If they were to acquire him, they don't want to pay him like between nine and ten million Mm dollars. And it's like, is that going to hold you up? Like, are you willing to bring your number way down so that you can go somewhere and like contend for the Stanley Cup, or are you you just going to be like, no, I'm making nine and a half million dollars? And Arizona is the only one who can sign you, or Buffalo? Like,
0: (laughs) it it's Buffalo
1: wouldn't be a bad option because they're kind of on on the later stages of the rebuild, and they're playing well like last season but it's just that's where the greed comes in almost like where it's Mm -hmm. like no I'm good good enough that I'm going to make 9 to 10 million dollars and it's like okay good luck like
0: (laughs) well and the interesting thing with Hellebach is um, like I don't know like where do you think he ends up if you had to pick a team where do you think he ends up just one team
1: Uh, can I caveat it with two answers. Sure. <laughs> so if he wants his extension and all that money, I think his only real option is Buffalo. But mm-hmm. Buffalo has also made it really clear that they don't want to block their young prospects from making coming into the system and playing for their team.
0: Yep. Yeah. And they
1: have like Devin Levi and Puka Pekalucan in there. Like two young, young goalies. Yeah, I, I the like best him. name
0: in the NHL, man. The best name in the NHL. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, if they don't want to block those guys, I don't see them going after Hellebuck. But if he wants the extension, I think that's where you'd almost have to look. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been linked to LA, but I think the Devils would be interesting. I so I'd say maybe the Devils, just because I think it'll be interesting to throw him in there, and also I don't want him on LA. <laughs> hey,
0: see this is i i say la that's my if i had to pick one team jersey would be very close second but i think la and i've been on this bandwagon because when edmonton played them in the playoffs they quick was gone and it was corpus and phoenix copley neither of them solved the issue like honestly goaltending is what let them down they had a three nothing lead on us in game four and we erased it ended up winning five four in overtime like and there's that's not the only game of the series, but I mean, like, we beat them in six this time instead of seven. And mm. it, a lot of the goals that Corpus Alli had in at the last, like, after that game four, game one to three, he was okay. Four to six, he was downright awful. And so I don't think you're bringing him back on a big contract, because he's not obviously the guy that's helping you. And I think if you want a goalie to carry you over the hump, Hellebuck is the guy, but then the extension problem comes in that you talked about.
1: Yeah, and I don't I don't think Corpus Salo's coming back anyways. He's a UFA. And yeah. I, I think if you have your sights set on a guy like Hellebuck and you're working because they could be working on a deal like talks back and forth and just nobody knows about it yet. But yeah. If you're working on a trying to put a package together for Hellebuck, you're obviously not gonna bring back Corpus Salo. Mm-hmm. I think if you see them going after Corpus Salo, or that starts to be rumors, or they're looking at a different goalie, then Year, then you know Hellebuck's not going there because yeah, I think that's they have Phoenix Copley right now and that's it. So I think the and longer you don't,
0: them, he's been in the NHL a ahead. long time.
1: Yeah, and I think the longer you see them not go ahead with their uh, going after a goalie or signing somebody else, I th- that I think that just like almost reinforces that they're looking at Hellebuck or maybe even like a John Gibson. Because Gibson wants out of Anaheim
0: yep. now too. Well, that'll like, be the next one too, right? Yeah. So whoever misses out on Hellebuck, honestly, probably will go after Gibson because he's yeah, still a good goalie. But just look at the defense that was in front of him this year, right? Like, well, the last three years. Oh
1: well, yeah, they like. Because yeah, they started it, selling off assets left, right, and center too. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say too at Buffalo, I don't know that he goes there because of Levi, like Devin Levi. We there's guy that should have like some sort of feature i don't know if on this podcast but somewhere because that guy was the world junior goalie during the pandemic everyone's like who the heck is this guy um one team signed him to a loose deal i, I don't even think it was buffalo initially uh his rights were somewhere and then he d- end up in buffalo and then last year they were making a playoff push and they're almost out of goalies they all like uh what's his name anderson didn't play all year obviously he's he's done right but um then all and Lucan was hurt. Um Did they have Malcolm Subban at one point? Like there was like a crazy amount of guys at that team.
1: Oh, they Eric, have- Eric
0: uh, Comrie is on that team.
1: Yeah, they did have Malcolm Subban at one point, but I don't, I don't think he plays there anymore. I don't know where he is, but I don't think he plays with them anymore.
0: Probably with PK somewhere. Um <laughs> But yeah, like Eric Comrie then is the third guy. So you have Devin Levi, Ukepekalukin, and Comrie. There's your three goalies. Yeah, and they're they're all good. Yeah, uh, Buffalo makes the playoffs this coming year. Next episode, we're going to go back and look at the divisions and how bad we were at predicting them. Um, <laughs> but but it's going to be interesting. Um, see where it goes. Um, what do you think about the possibility? We kind of alluded to it just earlier on the pod here, and I didn't quite get your reaction on uh, James Reimer to Winnipeg.
1: I, I I could see it happening if Halabak moves. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like what you were saying like it's a hometown thing he's kind of near the end of his career maybe signs one or two years there just to kind of finish out his career in Winnipeg and he's, mm-hmm. he's a good goalie like he's it's not like he's like you'll well, be signing him as like a backup option or something like he's a good goalie like
0: <laughs> they were saying like his record and his save percentage was trash this year but I'm like yeah but he went into Winnipeg made 50 save 52 saves in a win in a an overtime win um, when he came to Edmonton, he had some stellar games and just lost. Like the records don't tell you everything. Um, and again,
1: look at look at who he was playing for. <laughs> the other thing, like <laughs> right, yeah, like it, it makes so. a lot of difference. Like Aiden Hill looked like a superstar goalie, but mm-hmm. look at who was in front of him for Vegas, like the defense and stuff. Like yeah, that makes a lot of difference in making a goalie look good or look really bad. Like the Oilers mm. had like. Devin Dubnik, and as I'm just going to use him as the example, like of how bad he was in Edmonton, and he goes to like uh, goes to Minnesota, ends up in Minnesota, and he's ends like, up there, yeah, a, like a superstar goalie. And it's just like you have a good defense, your
0: goalie's going to look good. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And it's just like,
0: that's and you just wonder how it, with Dubnik, you wonder if like the teams where he stopped on the way to Minnesota. If they had good defense, where like would he have stayed in those teams? He wouldn't have stayed in Nashville, I don't think, because Pecarina was there. But like the didn't he stop in did he stop in Arizona? I feel like he did at one point. I think so. Anyways, and Montreal, Mike Smith was there. <laughs> and Montreal. Yeah, like it's he's been around and then all of a sudden Minnesota they win the division. Like it was just crazy. Like it was yeah. my goodness. So one
1: one funny thing, really quick before we move on, is uh, I was listening to uh, the Oilers Nation podcast and they were talking about uh, the buyout of Ekman Larson. They, yeah. uh, <laughs> they said, wouldn't it just be the most Vancouver thing ever? They buy him out and they're like, we're finally free of this cap space. And it's like, hey, Mike Greer, uh, what about Eric Carlson? <laughs> like, <laughs> just bring in another table. where I was like, yeah. It it would be funny because it's it's true you could see it happening. <laughs> they, oh, like, you can, you can contract and like just go after another. I always, I always just shake my head at the Eric Carlson thing when it's so, Jose as they start talking about rebuilding and he's like, I don't want to be part of another rebuild. And it's like, dude, you take up an just over an eighth of their cap space because of the
0: contract you signed. Like you don't give them much option to bring in help for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean. It would be a Vancouver thing. Vancouver has to have the most dead money in their organization from coaches to players. There's no way anyone else beats that. Um, And they just sign
1: such bad contracts.
0: They do. (laughs) Like JT Miller, they sign a huge extension. They're like, oh, he might not want to be here. Well, maybe we should have thought about that first.
1: Well, and like, uh, who is that? Louis Erickson? Like, they signed him like six six by six or six by eight or oh, something. Like, so bad, so bad. And Tyler Myers, I don't know if that was a Winnipeg contract or it was them, but like, that's another guy they decided to pay six million dollars to.
0: Yeah, that and, was a free agent signing by Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Like they just like, I don't know. They
1: just they spend money like they have so much of it, and then it's like. Oh, they're in such cap tr- trouble. Like, <laughs> what are they gonna do? And then they make the trade with Arizona. They're like shipping out uh I think they shipped out Louis Erickson's contract there in the yeah. uh in Larson. It's like you send out six million and you bring back seven point two well, or whatever it was.
0: <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And I mean it got to the point where with no move clauses and dead money, Thatcher Demko was on the table at the trade deadline. Like and you're like, what? Like, that's a guy yeah. you can't actually afford to let go, no matter how bad yeah. he's been this year. He'll like, but look at the team. Um, that's yeah. Vancouver. It's always good yeah. when the Canadian teams <laughs> are good, but when they're bad, when Edmonton's good, it's fun too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll keep track on that. We're going to do a uh recap of free agent frenzy, so we'll probably talk a little bit next week about um, um, just some more names that come on. Zach Cassian also has been bought out, that's just a notable. Fr- uh, Thing so that was Ken Hall and signing. I was I actually kind of thought that was a Shirelli contract, so I was going to laugh, but then I went and looked it up, and it was Ken Hall and that signed the deal. And there's one year left on it. It was it, so they won't be paying that for years. But um, we'll talk about buyout, um, and then we'll Isn't have a lot a sec- of.
1: Isn't there a second buyout window though too before there, the season or something?
0: There is yes, uh, leading up to the draft, um, and then beyond that, yes. Yeah, and the draft, I so. the draft I is next week. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a draft thing too. We'll talk a little bit prospects where they go. We kind of already know the top few, but it still can talk about it and until
1: we see Chicago, I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They better uh, you know. And it would be a gift to Anaheim. Connor Bedard. <laughs> um but yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back and we're gonna do our CFL picks for week number three because we did not jump on the wagon in the first two weeks. And um, by the time, and I will say this, a little disclaimer. Actually, I'll say the disclaimer after the break. We are back on the MJ Sports Pod. (laughs) Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 17. So I promised a disclaimer here. These picks for Week 3 were made. What day, Josh? Wednesday, right? I think yesterday, yeah, yeah yesterday. before yeah. any of the games happened, we made our picks. We just didn't get to recording them on the air. So, um, <laughs> as I, as I am about to read these and we're going to say them together, um, one game is already over and I lost Josh one. Um, so he is one and oh baby in this, but, uh, we should say too, like us as brothers and our dad, we have like, We play CFL Pick'Em on the CFL website too, so it's been going all season, but now we're putting it on the airwaves, so to speak. So, um, Josh, Winnipeg, BC, tell us who you picked because that'll tell you who won the game. I picked BC. BC. BC laid a whooping, and and literally. (laughs) Zach Leros was sacked six times last time I looked. The game was still going when we started recording this portion, and I will just load it here and see what the final score was. Thirty to six is the final. Um Vernon Adams, the defense, the front, the front uh pass rush for BC, the receiving core. It was all clicking, man. Ooh. And BC uh, Winnipeg just couldn't get it going. There was one play there where um uh Winnipeg and uh Dembski hit it up. And uh BC intercepted it and he didn't know the guy had intercepted the ball. So he just starts walking and realizes as his teammates pull over by him to try and tackle the guy that the play is still going. Um so that was that was satisfying as a rider fan to watch. But yes, I picked Winnipeg, he picked BC, so that one's already done. But there's three more to go that haven't been played yet as we write record this portion. Uh Montreal Hamilton. I picked Montreal. Josh, who did you pick for that game? Uh, Hamilton, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Hamilton, Tiger cats. Um, Bo Levi Mitchell is the third string quarterback for this game. They signed number zero. I forget his name. He's an American quarterback to be the backup to Matthew Schultz at the home opener. And, uh, the Orlando Steinhauer says they have faithful or faith in Schultz to get the job done. Um, because I don't think it does very good. If he goes out there and says, we're done. <laughs> um Pajardo's one and know barely. Um uh, so that game's gonna be interesting, man. I think that game is going to be a battle of running backs. James Butler and Sandback. I like that I would just love that. If it was not even a quarterback's game. Um yeah. it'll be interesting. Uh game number three Saturday. Calgary is uh playing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um we both picked Sask for this one, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah we yeah. both picked Sask to win that one. Um, Sask Calgary used to be so fun when it was Durant versus Burris. They were Those were like epic battles. Um, and hopefully it returns to that level someday again because it just hasn't been that way the last few years. Um, mm. And then the final one is the Edmonton Elks, man. Third season at home. Can we do this? To a win at Commonwealth Stadium as the Elks. They have never won at home as the Elks. Um even this year they lost both preseason games. One of them was at home. Um I'm picking Toronto because it's Edmonton, but who do you got there, Josh?
1: I'm gonna go with Edmonton and I was kind of saying yesterday when we during our picks through all the NFL season I bet against <laughs> Philadelphia. And I got a point out of it eventually when they lost. So I'm gonna ride I'm gonna ride the Elks this season until they win. <laughs>
0: oh well bc already won in winnipeg so
1: i'll get a point at some point here
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no it's uh i don't know man i like the most one of the most storied franchises in the cfl like with the history they have to see what's going on here people are like you shouldn't have changed the name well that has nothing to do with it their play is just terrible um And even like BC's defense comes in tonight as the best defense, allowing well, what was it like twelve points or something? It wasn't lots, Some, and yeah. they hold Winnipeg to six in Winnipeg. Claro's has lost once at home, I think. This is the second. I was there for the first one, and now this is the second yeah. one. Um, but we'll see. Um, so that's it, Winnipeg. Montreal, Saskatchewan, Toronto for me. BC, which who's already won. Hamilton, Saskatchewan, Edmonton for Josh. Um, Josh, do you have a performer of the week that we can do here uh, right away, or or do you need to need to dwell on it for a minute?
1: Yeah, I might have to think about it and do one next week. Is that? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really watch much much sports to be honest this past week, so I don't really don't really have anybody.
0: Uh, I you know my performer of the week. I kind of want to have like um a two parter to this because my first one is gonna be Trevor Harris because I thought for a guy that um for a guy that was supposedly so hurt and his hip and game time decision, he came out there chucking man, and um the rushing wasn't awful. But this this offense is going to be more pass oriented. I can already tell that because of who we have at quarterback. Um, our offensive coordinator is doing a bang up job. People are going to listen to this, especially people here in Winnipeg or in Manitoba where I live, and they're going to be like, "Oh my goodness, Michael, you're one and one. Stop." But um, I think, like, I don't know, man. He he just came out and it was just ready to go, and. He's not gonna have that. Like Fajardo just got so tired of losing to Winnipeg. He's like, ah, I don't, we just can't. I don't know what's going on. Harris is like, we'll get better. I'm huh. Like, okay, <laughs> finally some forward progress.
1: Well, Winnipeg's one and one too, though, right?
0: Uh, they're two and one now. Oh, yeah, two and
1: one. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the writer, the writers could technically tie their record by the time people are listening to this. So.
0: Yeah, baby, bring it on down. <laughs> <laughs> um so he's my first performer of the week just simply because the performance I watched I it's not often that I look at a game like that where you lose by whatever it was um 18 or whatever and I say like man that was a good game but that one was my my other performer of the week 1B <laughs> would be uh Nick Taylor winning the Canadian Open golf tournament um first Canadian to do it and I forget how long and like I followed golf loosely. I enjoy playing it more probably than watching it. But the fact that a Canadian hadn't won in it was decades, bro. Like it was, I don't <laughs> even. And he won on a on the fourth playoff hole with a seventy two foot putt. Um, my, like, it was that's amazing.
1: My performer actually will be the uh, security guard for that. <laughs> exactly, <quite his>
0: friend. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you haven't seen it. Uh, Nick Taylor nails this 72-foot putt, and it was actually an intriguing putt because on, on the TV, it looked like a line, but when they put the camera on the ground, it was a long, like a wide curve. Like, he came... he Well, he did it perfectly. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, who he was in the playoff against, is walking to put his ball down because he's like, okay, we're going to two-putt and we're going to play another playoff hole, and it goes in. Mike Weir adam hadwin all these guys start charging canadian golfers charging onto the green and it's like a moment of celebration hadwin has the champagne the security guard comes busting around tackles him because he thinks he's a fan not a golfer and then they finally (laughs) realize because nick taylor and his caddy are like whoa whoa that's our friend (laughs) oh man security guard you are the real mvp yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, so right on. I we'll do it for episode 17. We'll be back next week to do we'll talk some draft NBA draft is going as we speak right now, so maybe we'll have to bring the Nate dog in for an episode to talk about that. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name that went first overall, he's from he's French, yeah. He is not, ni- he is 19 years old, he is seven foot four. Remember, how Yao Ming? Was Yao,
1: how tall, yeah, I was gonna say, how tall was Yao Ming Was he? <laughs> Let's I want to say you like only seven two or something like that. Seven three. Yeah.
0: Like I just think um Yao was 7'6. Oh, okay. It says <laughs> Google says this. I kid you not. During his final season, he was the tallest active player in the NBA. But it makes it look like he was not the tallest. Like makes it look sound like he was shorter in previous years. I know what they mean. Like of active players, he was now the tallest, but just the way during his final season he was seven foot six. So so he grew. Um but still seven foot four at the age of nineteen. That kid still has to grow and wait till he puts on some muscle. And the Spurs got him and um the Raptors made a pick. I, my phone keeps going off here every time a Canadian gets picked up, so it's whatever. But uh a
1: couple crazy uh trades in the NBA
0: oh, Then we can
1: touch on next week if we want to, but
0: We'll do that because one of them was set to go as I went to bed last night, woke up this morning, it had fallen apart. And then the next one was on the way, uh, involving some of the players and new ones. And yeah, Boston's shaking things up, I guess. You gotta gotta trade to make get better. But um yeah, yeah we'll touch on that with Nate maybe next week, and then we will touch some drafts, preview of free agent frenzy for the NHL. Um, and baby rolling with episode eighteen that way. But this has been episode seventeen. Be sure to rate Hit subscribe, David. Leave us a rating, David, <laughs> and a comment, David, on how we can make this better. Um, no, that goes for everyone. And that sounds extremely rude. If you want to, do it, okay? And uh, <laughs> you can find the pod anywhere you find your podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, uh not Apple Music, <laughs> Amazon uh music is what I meant to say. And um yeah, we'll be there. We're on social media. There's a MJ. Sports pod Facebook page at MJ Sports Pod for Twitter and Instagram. Um all the handles, bro. Let's just just go at MJ Sports Pod wherever you're looking. Um and uh he's Josh, I'm Mike. We will see you next week right here on the MJ Sports Pod.